six-pack double feature. Two friends, two movies, two mics, and too much beer. This week, the guys open the new season and get gross with a pair of dark tails. It's the thing and the, the fly today on Six Pack Double Feature. Such a haunting. Yeah. Yeah. Yours was more of a thump than a beer opening. Well, I kind of hit the mic. Oh, you know, you totally hit the mic. You're going to have to get a new mic next season. Keep beating the hell out of my microphone. This one right here? That one. Heck yeah, stop that. Hey, welcome into uh, (laughs) season three of Six Six Pack Double Feature. Six Pack Double Feature. Uh, What is it with trailers not saying? The name of the damn movie. That's a visual medium, like we've said before. And Still you're watching a screen. What if I'm in? A, what if I'm in another? Thing. What if I'm in another room? What if I'm in another? What, what if, if I, you're watching this trailer, but you're blind because it's? Yeah, I know. I had a cousin. If you're listening to this trailer. I had a cousin who was blind. She wouldn't have known what the hell she was listening to. Well, it's called a thing. She would have had to go. Hey, Trav. Yeah. What the hell was that? That was a trailer for a John Carpenter movie. Kurt Russell and his sombrero star. It's kind of haunting, though, because when you look at the image, it says the thing, but then it says man is the warmest place to hide. Ew! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Depends on where. That's a different, that's a totally different movie. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's, there's an a... alternate porn. <laughs> ow, ow, ow. Well, they're all just dudes. and <laughs> We know what kind of porno it would be. <laughs> Holy shit. Show me your thing. Uh, <laughs> Kurt the love muscle. It's, oh man, it's just a big it's just a big dick running down the hallway. <laughs> With teeth. Instead of eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Russell fights genitalia. Yeah. Coming to a theater near you. Holy this shit. This summer. So this, yeah. This movie released on the same day as Blade Runner. Wow. Neither were reviewed well. I was going to say, neither one probably did very well. Blade Runner did better. Really? Yeah. I thought Blade Runner was sort of a cult well, burn. Well, not just that. They both These both were, but Blade Runner did well financially because it had Harrison Ford. Mm. And Harrison Ford was coming off of, you know, 
Harrison Ford stuff. <laughs> Star Wars? Yeah. Harrison anything starring Harrison Ford at that time was a hitmaker? Yeah. We're not talking about Blade Runner. No, we're talking about the, the thing. The John Carpenter 1982. Have you ever seen the original? Uh oh, the thing the from original, another yeah. world. No. What was this called? It was called The Thing. No, it was actually it they had the longer title. Did it? Yeah, the um Howard Hawks had that guy with the yeah. enormous head. Yeah, the I've thing never from I've, another world or a thing from another planet. I think is what it was actually called. I didn't do trivia on this one because it's your it's your Correct. trivia. But I, I I watched a lot of the special features on this. Yeah, um, I did not this time around, but I did the the first time. I recently purchased all the those documentaries are really fascinating. They're so good. Uh, the, it was based on initially it was based on a novella published in thirty eight. Yeah. Uh, called Who Goes There? Apparently, this film it's not a Lovecraft, is it? Uh, no. It's kind of Lovecraftian to yeah, yeah. a degree. Yeah, um, absolutely. But it was uh, Carpenter's film, and whoever he got to adapt it um, was much more in line with the the short novel oh, or cool. the novella than the fifties version. The fifty the fifties version was the fifties version was just an allegory for communism, right? Kind of like everything. But, what kind of beer are you drinking over there, buddy? Well, I brought two in for uh, the thing. For this episode, and one is uh, Winter Lager, Sam Adams Winter Lager. Fitting. Fitting. Nice. And Sam Adams uh, Cold Snap. <laughs> Again, fitting. Come to Antarctica. It's yeah. winter yeah. all the time. Hey, look. It's always Christmas. We don't know when you're going to actually hear this, but uh, we're recording it in January, and it's bald-ass cold. cold It's outside. cold. I've, I've been colder, but it's, it's yeah, chilly. Yeah, it's, it's cold enough. Um, I said... Going into this season, I wanted to not focus on beer, but I wanted to pay a little more attention to. I got lazy last season and didn't pay attention. Now, that being said, I'm actually drinking exactly what I would have drank had I not been paying attention. But Mac drinks Coors in this movie, so I'm drinking Coors. I um, didn't catch that. You said that earlier. The only thing, well, I, it's, it's the too, only thing that I really saw him the scotch was the scotch. Yeah, it's too damn early in the day to be pounding scotch. <laughs> <laughs> I have written down here is the plot. It's a really simple plot. An alien life form, an alien life form attacks and kills several members, several members of Fog Hat while they're on tour in Antarctica, and also Wilford Brimley. <laughs> also, Wilford Brimley. He's I had to do the same age for like he's lo- he. It's like he was born like Benjamin Button, like old. <laughs> I had to do a double take to make sure it was him because he, he's one of those guys. Well, he doesn't have a mustache. You don't. Yeah, one. you don't know him without his mustache. Right. That's very true. Like Sam Elliott and my dad. Yeah. And he wants you to eat your oats. Yeah. Until you get <laughs> diabetes, <laughs> and then you got to be careful. Um, you know what? Aside from how long it took them to actually put that shot together for the spacecraft, to be honest with you, that shot of the spacecraft coming over is almost like a throwaway. Like you see at the beginning. Yeah, you see the spaceship. 100,000 years ago, mm-hmm. and then they do the title yeah, that's of the thing. The first thing I have here with this. I almost always forget that, sound that before effect. it does that, well, before that, I always forget that there's a spacecraft that... I do the same thing Because it's, it's almost pointless. I do the same thing with Predator. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It does start... It starts kind of the same way. Yeah. There's a spaceship, and yeah, that's kind of weird. Because they... Yeah, it's... It would have actually... It would have kind of been cooler to have not had it there. Right. So that later in the movie, it's it's more of a... A reveal that you know, that's what's going on. I think it would have been kind of added a little more weight to the reveal that it's actually a UFO under the ice instead of seeing it. I don't know. I'm, uh, that's ni- I'm literally nitpicking. Well, cause... that is a nitpick scene. It's not. It's not necessary. 
But it, one of the pieces of the documentary, I think, goes into how long it took them to put all of, all of that stuff together. And it I don't was, remember that. I don't, I, 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 don't do remember, I don't remember that part of the documentary. Right. I do, I do know that it took them quite some time. And like, we built it. We're putting it in the movie. <laughs> um, this is one of the few films where Carpenter actually didn't do his own score. It was very score, at, like Carpenter-esque in sounds. Mm-hmm. But um, it was done by um, Ennio Morricone, who did like Good, Bad, and the Ugly and all that. Okay. It's almost like he said, hey, Mr. Marconi. I want you to do my score, but I want you to do it like me. Yeah, <laughs> make it sound like me. Right. I see. I thought it was John Carpenter. I, no, I, I have that it, written here that I love his music in this. But no, I love I love the music in this. But it was surprising. It actually wasn't him. It it I you know and like I wrote down here. It's like if you didn't know it already or weren't paying attention to the credits, you would almost likely just assume it was Carpenter. Clearly, I wasn't paying attention Bing. to the credits. <laughs> Something that bothers me. Uh-huh. It's not. A, I don't have it under what doesn't work, but it's it's something you pointed out in. Um, I forget what episode, but I called him Commander Dipshit when the chopper pilot lands. At the beginning, he busts out his own window. I have that written down here, D- dude. We talked about it in Silverado. Was it Silverado? Okay. Yes. Like, dude, you're not you're not even in New Mexico or Arizona. You're in friggin' Antarctica. And you yes. just busted your own window out. Yeah, here's another instance of an idiot who feels it necessary to break out a window from inside in order to shoot at someone during the winter. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's always winter. The coldest right. winter. Yeah. Right now it's winter winter rather than regular winter. Because <laughs> there's some big storm. It was in the middle of winter is what they, I think it was expressed at some point in there. But there was a big storm that was coming through yeah, as well. Yeah. Come on, man. Captain, what would you say? Captain Dipshit? Uh, Commander Dipshit. <laughs> oh, Commander Dipshit. <laughs> Do we ever find out exactly what it is that, that the U.S. team was researching up there? No, but, but I, I, think, extra- I think that's so cool that you're... I th- yeah, I think it's it? cool that they don't explain it, but it always makes you go, what the hell were they doing up there? <laughs> researching Looking for alien life forms. Alcoholism. The Norwegians found it and then send them to their camp. <laughs> hey, Swedes! <laughs> yeah! I just, I just love how it's like at least two or three different times, uh, Mac, hey, Swedes! What do you think the crazy Swedes are up to? They're Norwegian, Mac. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I gotta say it. What's with the sombrero, dude? Oh, it's he's the coolest badass character who wears the stupidest hat, dumpiest, frumpiest, smushed up in the front. Like, well, I, I, did, I don't. Did, I, I wonder if it was Russell that said that's the hat I want to go with. Kurt, it's no. Don't you want a trooper hat? Like it's cold. You want to convey that it's cold? No. Ah. I want this. I want this one. I'm cool. I'm f***ing cool. I'm the f***ing cool guy. I'm wearing this hat. I'm a chopper pilot with a jacket. It's Antarctica. It's like multiple scores of degrees below zero. No, f*** it. I want the Elkabong hat. Give me it. Yeah, that's the one. Well, how about one that's new? No. Give me the one (laughs) that Wilford Brimley sat on. (laughs) Filtered with his oatmeal farts. (laughs) That's what saved him. (laughs) That's what kept his head warm, right? Right. The fury of a thousand oatmeal farts. Oh God! Uh, I find it funny that in 1982 they had that they had the entire makings of some kind of like Amiga or replica computer just for chess. For chess, <laughs> it was dude. It was huge. It was computer yeah. computer entertainment was like the it was the comer man back then. I mean, how much do you think that must have cost the expedition for Mac, and then for him to dump his whiskey <laughs> when it thinks that he when he loses the game? Cheating bitch. 
I just burned thirty five hundred dollars. Oh God! I bet it was, well, it was probably thirty five hundred. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, nineteen eighty two money. Like what's That's that? Cool. I mean, you can't go. You can't just pop around to the corner store either and get another bottle of scotch. It's yeah. You can't just go. Hey, do you got any new boards for my chess wizard <laughs> again, Mac? <laughs> this is the third time I've had to make a special order. Send a uh, send word to headquarters. I need need more scotch and another motherboard for my computer. <laughs> What was that again? I didn't catch that. Uh, football practice. <laughs> I need another motherboard for a The uh, pacing is the pacing is pretty good. Carpenter does it uh, around with no. With the his pacing mo- is really good with this one. But uh, here, even before we can get into that, I was going to say one of the things that I wrote down here. I never thought about it, and I it, it made me think about this. It's like I never noticed him dumping his scotch into the chess game. Really, as foreshadowing. Ooh! Until watching it this last time, Max willing to destroy everything he thinks uh, if huh. there's no way out, which is kind of what wow. he does for the movie. That's exactly what he does. You know? Do you think they make it at the end? Hey, spoilers! By the way, <laughs> if you haven't seen the thing, you've been given ample warning. But so spoilers are going to happen. But no, you think that you don't think they make it? No. Do you think they're infected? Uh, I have a theory. We'll get to. Oh, cool! Very cool. I have a theory, and it's not just mine, but I have a theory that I've. Taken on my own, uh, so yeah, yeah. Carbon does mess around. It's it, it's really it's it's a slow burn for for it, for not long. No, but it's a slow burn at first. And like what the hell's going on? Yeah. And then it's survival. Yeah, that's it. It goes from like mystery to kind of horror movie. Oh yeah, no, it doesn't kind of. I wouldn't call I mean, this. I wouldn't call this horror. No, I would not call it a horror movie, but it's very much a. Gory. I would. Movie. I would call this the same. Yes, it's kind of well. And here's the. It's the same. Thing. It's the same as Alien. Well, it's the same. There's. It's a. It's a sci-fi horror. Yeah. Kind of thing. But in a lot of ways, it doesn't feel as horror as much as it does suspense because yeah. everything that's really disgusting is monster related, mm-hmm. not necessarily human related. So it almost kind of takes that that edge off of. Someone's getting killed. Gotcha. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, whereas in like Halloween, the carnage is real because it's yeah. a, it's actually it's it's a person. Right. That makes I, I see that. That makes sense. I mean, there are some scenes where it's someone actually gets killed by the thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it's I, it's effective, but it doesn't feel human. You know, because it's not. Because man it's... is the warmest place to hide. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what, what Keith else? David, by the way. Yeah. I love Keith David. Yeah. He's great. He's like child, man. And they, you, ne- they never get along too. Mac and child. No, they never have like this. This never even. There's never a semblance of we're on the same side. Huh? Maybe right at the end. Yeah. Like when they're both going to. But even then at the end, it's like, where you been? Yeah. There's still that paranoia factor but there's only two of us left yeah so um, he's man i would I'd, I'd like to do a retrospective on keith david and just you know what well they haven't heard the chaser that's coming up at the end of the episode yet but he could almost be my answer to that question yeah now that you I, know what that's that's smart but yeah, he's be, a, he's good he's man he'd yeah, be he's, good be he's like and he's never funny <laughs> no oh and something about mary he was funny but <laughs> But he, you get your being above your Frank. But but it's, <laughs> but he's not doing anything. He hasn't. He's he's always yeah. pissed off. You know his character is always like intense mm-hmm. and pissed off. 
And he, oh man, he was he was Carpenter's kind of like his go to side like, guy for a while. Yeah, is that husky dog not creepy as shit? Like walking around just super slow, looking at like, everything. Yeah, yeah. That's well. I mean, and that is. I mean, I think that dog was actually half wolf, if I remember correctly. All dogs are technically ninety nine percent wolf. Thanks, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just how it just slowly one foot, yeah, over the other, looking around. Uh, Carpenter specifically set up where you could see the shadow of the person that was there. Yeah. He specifically didn't have anybody in the cast as that person. So you could not specifically like, like, like identify who that was. I did not know that. That's yeah. very cool. I always, I didn't know that until I read that at some point. I'm like, oh, that's kind of unique. Cause I always wondered if it was like uh windows or the other helicopter pilot. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, I was thinking it was a redheaded guy. Yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah. I know. The guy that turns first. I was I was just assumed it's the guy that turned first. Mm-hmm. Was that Windows? No. He's the guy that he's the guy that is the first one that He has the hand. Yeah. And makes the sound that we heard in the trailer. Yeah, he's the one that's all got the hat on and he's all sweaty in the like the yeah. rec room. That guy. That's who I, I assumed it was. Hey Nalls, can you turn down the radio? I got shot today. Is that the, um, uh, you know, as he doesn't actually touch the radio when he does that, he's on his skates, he's cooking in the kitchen, listening to Stevie Wonder. <laughs> he doesn't ever touch yeah. the radio. He just is like middle finger, like screw you. Yeah, I'm not doing that. T.K. Carter was like a, a diet Eddie Murphy with a touch of Michael Winslow. He kind of a, <laughs> a little, little bit. bit. <laughs> he is uh, a diet Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Never got above. He never got out of that shadow, man. <laughs> um, I, what I have under what doesn't work. It says uh, just just so I can touch on it. It says, "What's well, the sombrero, dude? In fact, what's what's up with Max' entire lackadaisical view toward proper cold weather attire? Like, look, Fonzy, we get it. You're cool. It's not that cold. Uh, uh, I find it I find it fascinating that they give uh, Windows so much crap for not being able to reach anyone, like at their outpost. No, it's you, you can't. I, I'm not a radio. This is the radio, and it reaches out signals. If I can't pick up anybody, why reach anybody? Reach somebody. Reach anybody. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, me, Grandpa. Call my mom. Uh, I don't. Yeah, because at least two two times they give him crap. And I'm like, how is this my fault? Because I didn't turn the knob enough to get the right connection on my ham radio or whatever it is. It's a horrible it's a U- storm out there. It's the U.S. That's... government. I feel like they have a little better than a ham radio. You only pick up the Porchop Express, though. <laughs> That'd be a funny supercut. <laughs> get anybody. You get anybody on the radio, and then you just cut in. This is old Jack Burton. <laughs> the chips are down, and the storm's falling all around you. Yeah, whatever the f*** he says. Have you paid your dues? Yes, sir, I have. The check is in the mail. <laughs> I think we t- I think we talked about possibly doing like a pick six cult classics. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. This would probably this would definitely deserve to be on that list because you know, when it was released, it bombed at the box office. No one uh regarded it as anything significant back in 1982. It was panned by the critics. Really, and most of the mainstream audience um, really didn't give this film a second look. It took thirty-five years and just um, rentals 
at the your local video store. With what? Is, yeah, I know. <laughs> but it's true. It, the, what caused it to bomb? Was it just uh, wrong, wrong place, wrong time? A lot of amazing movies were released in 1982, but there was a really big one with a much nicer alien. <laughs> you get that one? Yeah, I was going for yeah. a foreigner joke. Not uh, I was going. I was like, is there anything Bronson Pinchot was in that year? <laughs> yeah, I think ET might have had something to do. Yeah, uh, it's just it's not. I think it was kind of ahead of its time for being a re- yeah yeah for being a remake. I think it's it was a little too dark and. But Alien was huge three years before. Yeah, it was. This is very similar to Alien. Yeah. And similar in tone and mm-hmm. um, and theme and everything. Do you know where they shot this? Uh, Canada, mostly. Uh, I think British Columbia. Okay. I just, I made a note that there's, it's, I, I always they, notice stuff like this because. They did some stuff in Alaska, but most of it was okay. British Columbia. You just can't fake shooting in the cold like No, that. you can't. Like even, I mean, especially back then. But like that, like that's a legit real, like. That's cold. Friggin' humid cold. Breath, like you can see it for several seconds after someone exhales, and it just adds an amount of realism that you just yeah that the, you the can't, Titanic breath just doesn't add because you can just tell that that's post production, you know? Yeah. <laughs> when they when they get to the spacecraft buried in in the ice, I swear the the first shot of that matte painting, it's a beautiful image. It really holds up well. Yes, it does. It kind of looked like the USS Enterprise. <laughs> It was kind of weird. Which, which enterprise? If you if you had your druthers, we're gonna just go off on a tangent here. Uh, I don't know. I'd make it the Picard Enterprise. Oh, okay. Now we do some sort of time travel thing. Do you have a favorite line or scene? Uh, my favorite, my favorite line. I'm gonna read it verbatim. Okay. Uh, I know you gentlemen have been through a lot, but when you find the time, I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter. Tied to this fucking couch. <laughs> After that whole, because my favorite scene is the blood test, and it's I have that here too, and I can't. That's I'm, mine. I'm not going to play it because it's six minutes long, and it's not uh, any talking. And, it's, and yeah, there's very little, and it's definitely pays off more on the visual because once like Nulls gets tested, like the next cut, you uh-huh. see him standing there with the flamethrower, you know. So uh, yeah, you. You can't play that one. For me, the fire, it's the blood testing, but it's for the fire walk that the stunt guy does. Yeah. Like that's, um, we talked in a, a pick six episode that will actually, this has been recorded, but will air long after this. Uh, um, Kane Hodder, the guy that played Jason Voorhees. Right. He, uh, he was badly injured in a fire walk, but there was a documentary about him I watched and just what, Especially now, I don't know about 1982, but what what goes into preparation for a properly executed safe firewalk for a stuntman is is nuts. And that guy's he's in it for a minute, man. Like it's a yeah, long, it's a long, and it's an intense scene. Too. And that that effect is cool when that shit jumps out of the petri dish, mm-hmm. man. It's so and you're like, oh! yeah, you're yeah. There's, there's a lot of like. You know, and then it, shit happens. That's my favorite scene. Mm-hmm. Is that my favorite line? Is uh, I don't know what the hell's in there, but whatever it is, it's weird and pissed off. <laughs> I love that line. I wanted to go a different. I just love the delivery of him. He just starts out so somber and just jumps in. I don't want to spend here talking to the fucking couch. 
And that's uh, that's Commander Dipshit, right? Yes. Yeah. That is. Uh, <clears throat> one of the other things when they pop in and you see, and it's Bennings is the redhead. Okay. Um, you looked that up, didn't you? Uh, no, I had it written in a note. Oh, cool. A little a little later. <laughs> I thought it was funny when you see the things like all wrapping around him. <sighs> yeah. I said, look, they turned Bennings into strawberry jello. <laughs> <laughs> strawberry jello. We did something new. We're doing something new this season that I, I really like. However, in the movies so far that I've noted, I've not been able to very successfully do it. Um, but it's the worst line. I did not pull a worse line. I couldn't. Here. The Carpenter's dialogue well, is usually you know, pretty I'll put it, tight. I'll put it to you this way. If you're going to pick one, you could probably go with, well, fuck you too. And then he throws the Molotov cocktail or whatever it is. Maybe. It's towards the end. And, but it's not a bad line. It's just, you don't know what else to say. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to force, I'm not going to force <laughs> worse line. I'll, right. I'll, no, I'll, I won't force it. I'll force a, a favorite scene or a favorite line or something like that. Usually if I can't find a favorite line, I'll go with a scene. I'll find mm-hmm. something I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Before it, pretty much anything John Carpenter did before 1987, 88, I won't call them perfect by any means, but they're. Yeah. 88 was they live and. Yeah. And they're pretty damn spot on. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to find anything. I mean, I even I had never seen Christine before. He did Christine. I haven't and seen that in a long I, time. I I had not seen it before. I saw it maybe a year ago. It was it was pretty solid. I was and man, I, I think was, he did that the year after he did the thing. Was that eighty three? Yeah. Oh, that's dance three. I, I saw that when I was in like first grade. I was well, now I know what's wrong with you. <laughs> no, you no, don't. no, that's just you're just scraping the surface. That's the ice of the tipberg right there. <laughs> not the tip of the iceberg. Nope. I just remember that one bit at the end of Christine when they once the car's all crumpled and there's that little bit of chrome sticking up and it starts to wiggle. Yeah, yeah. I need after you leave today, I'm probably gonna watch that. Yeah. Well, one day we'll talk about it since we seem to want to lead our seasons with you know, yeah, John Carpenter movies and like there's quite a few. There's still there's still we haven't done Escape from New York. We haven't done Halloween. Nope. We haven't done Assault on Precinct 13. We haven't done Christine. Ghosts of Mars. I don't know if I've actually ever seen that, to be honest. I've seen parts of it, and I just remember watching well, okay. it. Let's just, like, you know, let's just jump to Escape from L.A., because that's the best. I'm sorry, what? Before we get into some of the things here, the fan theory. Oh, yes, I love fan theories. Uh, there's a fan theory that I'd like to tell you about regarding the final scene between Childs and McCready. Uh, Mac hands Childs the bottle of whiskey and Childs drinks. The theory is that Mac had in his hand... Not a bottle of whiskey, but a Molotov cocktail, meaning that that was filled with, like, gasoline. gasoline. Childs drinks from the bottle, doesn't make a face, assuming we think, well, the thing wouldn't know the difference between drinking gasoline and drinking whiskey. Depends on the kind of whiskey, but... Uh, (laughs) If Childs was the thing, then he wouldn't be able to tell the difference... Between the two, since there isn't a reaction, Mac was right, and you can almost see the con- like the confirmation in Mac's face before the two of them kind of laugh a bit, and the music kicks back in, and then we pull out, and you just see the burning outpost before the credits hit. You know, and while I like to think that you know that this theory, I li- I kind of like the theory, but it's it's really hard to take it. You know, at <laughs> I love it. It's a good, it's a good theory, like fan theory. It really is, because it's like, okay, well, Childs is the thing. 
And Mac is still good. He's going to die good. Yeah. Or he's going to, yeah. The the raging conflagration that is the, I think the remains the, of Outpost 31 will keep him warm for a little while, but... I think the what kind of destroys the theory is the fact that you can't you can only take it at face value because Childs and Mac were never really friends in the entire film. Sure. So it's hard to tell. I want to go back and watch that ending scene now to see does he kind of smirk? Does he raise an eyebrow? Mac? What is it that they say? He just kind of just you know cuz Mac says where were you or where have you been and then they Mac just, says it or Child says it. Mac says it to Childs okay. cuz Childs comes in. That's right. Cuz we've been we've been following Mac, so we're fairly certain that Mac is good. He's Kurt Russell. Well, yeah. <laughs> of course he's good. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's Mac, but we've been following him, and he's been fighting the thing. He's been fighting that giant, weird-ass monster. Or is there some, is there somewhere you can link that where people can read it? Yeah, if I they, can do that. Okay. Well, we'll link it then, and you guys I'll can... I'll do that. You can read the shit out of it. Uh, like, they don't help each other. Like, in Alien, they kind of team up to yeah. fight the alien. I think the first time, first once, one, one or two times that I saw it, yeah, that was all right. The thing, yeah, same. And then I revisited it again and went, "I really like this movie." This is only my second time seeing it. Really, the first time I, I watched it, I was like, "This is good." And some of my thoughts from the first time I watched it still come through here. But it's like it's sometimes a bit of maturity also comes with, you know. Yeah, um, I get that classic now. I didn't get it before. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I yeah. definitely get it now. What doesn't work? It runs. I think well, it runs a little too long. Yeah. Other than Max Fonzie wardrobe, it runs just a bit long. And I can't really pinpoint where. Maybe it's part of the suspense. Maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm becoming a millennial or something, man, but like we could have sped it up just a little bit more. Or maybe I need to just be more patient. I don't know. But I feel like it runs just a little bit long. I'm alright with the length. I'm, I'm right. okay I'm okay with it and I wasn't struggling to find something. It yeah. didn't work or something that I would change, but yeah, I put down here. It's like some of the stop motion animation that they did towards the climax of the film seems a bit dated. Yeah, but it's so cool. But you know, I'll be honest with you. That was just a, just a bit that he chose to do. Carpenter was not happy with what they did. And so he stopped it. And so that's why you only see a little bit of the stop motion. And he chose to do everything else in camera. Hey, what do you know? Uh, what did I put down here? The only other thing I found slightly problematic on a narrative level was how Blair was able to piece together enough parts around the research station to begin building another spacecraft. Oh, yeah. Because you forget, you almost forget that he, like, loses his shit, destroys all the equipment that's in there. He gets locked up in that, you know, another tool little shed. tool shed. When they pop in on him halfway through, he's sitting there. Can I come inside now? I'm really all right. And you see that noose. Hi, Drake. Like I had my oatmeal. I'm better yeah. now. <laughs> my diabetes medicine came in. My diabetes medicine. <laughs> I'm all good in. now. I'm okay. <laughs> Man, I tell you, because because you forget that he's been locked up for like 30 minutes. Yeah. You're like you, oh you, shit. Oh, that's right. And then. He sticks his hand through Captain uh, or uh, Corporal Dipshit's face. Commander Dipshit. Commander. Why don't I always get that? Commander. Corporal, I haven't been in. I haven't been in. I haven't been in Arctic Ice Service for thirteen years to be called <laughs> Sergeant Dipshit. Thank you very much. See these bars? Oh, that, I earned my living. It's Commander Dipshit. Uh, the the makeup effects of the hand starting to go into his face. Yeah, that's really disturbing. Oh, the effects in this. I, I know some of them are dated, like the the um, the stop motion. That's really the only thing that kind of feels dated. Everything else, I mean, Rob Bottin's 
like special effects are incredible. They're still, they're, yeah, they are. They're, they're eighties looking, and they're you know you can tell it's it doesn't look real. But I mean, you tell me what the hell things well, look like. But it's but it's a monster, exactly. You know, or it's an alien, and it's, it's all wet and snotty, and it it moves with that like. Yeah, honestly, I feel like Resident Evil took a lot of their uh, the video game, mm-hmm. like with the dogs changing and shit with all the the tentacles that coming out of the dog. Took it from the thing. I I think so because it's I mean it's a, it's damn near the exact same thing. And good Christ, is it creepy? Yeah, D- was that filmed in reverse or was that filmed in some like- of the stuff was shot in reverse uh, in order to give the right effect okay. for things pushing out really quickly. Yeah, they would do it in reverse, and, and then- when that head grows the. <laughs> The yeah. spider legs on the head. Oh, that no, is so... that's the other really good line. Uh, I can't. I think it's Fuchs. The other helicopter pilot. When it starts, the, the spider head mm-hmm. crawls off in the background. And they turn. What in the... What is it? It's like... I don't remember. Oh, God. I'm, I'm giving the line wrong now. But it's his reaction. Oh, you gotta be fucking kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's the line. And that's great. What would you do if you could make one change to this uh, movie? What did I put down here? Sometimes I wish the film had a little more of a definitive answer at the end. Sometimes. Hmm. I usually like the films that kind of make you guess or make you think or make you have a conversation at the end. Yeah, they're engaging. I really like that. But, you know, did they kill it? But sometimes, you know, since so many films already do this, it's just it's kind of nice for a movie to force you to keep thinking about it after the credits. Right? Yeah, yeah, I and agree. that's that's why I typically like other than those type of endings. Other than what I mentioned, maybe maybe trimming. Right. I don't. I wouldn't change anything. But what would be fun would be to see. Um, Tobey Hooper was originally supposed to direct this. That would have been weird. I would. I would like to see that. He's, uh, dead. He's dead now. He is dead now. Yes. <laughs> uh, I heard he got turned into some uh, really good barbecue. Um, yeah, I'd like to see his version, very possibly. Uh, uh, um, okay, uh, before we get into trivia, let's hit a couple other things. Okay. If you were to recast it. Excellent. I did not, I only did the lead this time. Sometimes, if it comes to me, I'll, you know, do several. I could only do the lead on this one, so I just did the lead. I had a hard time with the lead. I, I got, had a hard time at first, I've and got then a couple. suddenly it clicked. And now, I don't know. Okay, but so I think it would work. I think once you have Kurt Russell as your lead, right. especially back then when he right. was huge, yeah, you've kind of set a tone. Right. It's kind of like when Johnny Cash covers your song; it's not your song anymore, and it's it's hard to see anybody. But <laughs> like we do, we do, we do seriously, legitimately like like actual films. We're not just a Kurt yeah. Russell fan club over yeah. here. But he's one of those kind of actors, well, man. Well, I mean, he's never going to play like he's never going to be. He's not going to play the Godfather. No. But what he does, he knows he what stays he, in his reign. Mm-hmm. He stays in his lane. He does. Um, Even now, some of the stuff that he's done. Like, and I've got a thing I want to talk about in a bit, too. Yeah. Um, but a flip could have worked. Mm-hmm. Keith David could have played Mac and he could have played Childs. Very. Oh, that would have been interesting. Because, I mean, it's, they're both basically they're really, the same guy. You're just now Childs is the protagonist of yeah. the film. Yeah. <laughs> it's not too thought provoking or engaging, you know, to say just just flip them. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't change a lot. Um, but I think it would be. I think it'd be kind of cool. This, I mean, if you can't tell, this was kind of hard for me to mm-hmm. kind it's of all right this for you out. to say. I don't know. I, I, I have another one. Oh, mid seventies, Burt Reynolds. <laughs> no, nineteen ninety Ray Liotta. Okay, Goodfellas era, Ray Liotta. I could, I, I could see that. Although I don't think I could see him pulling the beard off. No, no, no. He wouldn't have the beard. Okay, maybe his hair would I'm be almost in the same disheveled. I'm but. almost in the same 
year. Think 1991. Okay. Think Patrick Swayze from Point Break. Yeah. yeah I, I could, could see him playing Mac. I could sign off on that. It's not, a bad, it's, not a, it's not a bad choice. Hair and scruffy and it everything. It would definitely be in his lane. That's definitely something would be, he would be able to handle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot more, a lot more fighting. I think a lot more kicking. I also had down here Sigourney Weaver, but that would have been too close to Alien. It would, have, <laughs> it would have just been the same thing. Yeah, that's part of the part of the part of the interesting story with this is the fact that it's just a bunch of dudes. And that's what I have here too. It sometimes, as much as I like to flip gender roles, right. sometimes the role has to be a dude. Yeah, and it's like you just said. It's, it's what was it? 10, 12 like 10, dudes? 10, 12 guys, yeah. All hold up. Yeah. Which, did you hear recently about the... All hold up. Warmest place to hide is a man. That's not quite right. <laughs> the warmest place to hide what is a man? The warmest place to hide a man is inside a man. <laughs> it's not getting any better. <laughs> it's only getting worse. <laughs> After John Carpenter's career faltered, he started to direct sci-fi porn. <laughs> Really? Mainstream? Well, it's more... The thingy. <laughs> brings a whole new meaning oh. to being tied to a couch. I don't know what's in there, but it's weird and pissed off. <laughs> Richard Mazur could pull that. <laughs> oh, man. When the dogs... That's, that scene's hard to watch. When they start killing the dogs? Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, well, the dog... The, the well, thing's, the killing, thing's the killing the dogs, and then it's just a mercy kill f with what Mac has to do. Do you think I I still do my margin notes? Like I've got my my structured scripty notes mm -hmm. here, and then the off thought shit. That, yeah. Do you think when you get infected by the thing you know, like do you think do you just cease to be? Do you cease to know anything, or are you are you still in there? Like I'm trying to part get of out. Me thinks I, I'm not sure because I always saw it as you're not infected by the thing, you're replaced by the thing. Kind of like body, kind of like body snatchers because. When you see Bennings getting turned into strawberry jello, <laughs> uh, because that thing was not completely dead, right? Uh, he's it's like he's being replaced, and so sure. it's kind of hard to tell because you don't find a dead body, he's just not, yeah, he's yeah, yeah. just not there anymore. Yeah, hmm. we could be overthinking this movie too, no. a little bit. That's the fun of it. I see you a murderer, <laughs> he shoots, uh. Mazer in the head. I can't remember the his actual name of the character. The actual name uh name, but um I can't remember how many plot points line up. Uh and it's no secret, um, but the hateful eight yeah. is uh, He was inspired by the, the thing. thing. And you got Kurt Russell. And yeah. Because you can't go wrong, because that man can grow a magnificent beard and mustache. <laughs> Overnight almost. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's didn't pick up what we were talking about there. The Tarantino movie, the Westernish Tarantino movie, The Hateful Eight, is largely based around the thing. Yeah, and it's a several people stranded in a snowbound cabin or yeah. a lodge or whatever, yeah. and uh, there's a there's a turn, a murderer, yeah, yeah, uh, in their midst, and they don't know who it is. And then uh, Kurt Russell is the star, and he's got long hair. And does it still hold up? Mm. Uh, yes. Uh. I said it probably took a, a probably about a half a dozen viewings before I realized how amazing this picture really was. Uh, I think I was indifferent at first, but when I inherited the DVD from a former roommate who skipped out on paying his share of the rent and left most of his belongings in our house. Nice. He had that DVD. And it's just, it's that deep-seated 
paranoia and erosion of trust in the small group of people in an isolated area just really, just really plays well. It's just that turn, put them all in there, turn up the heat. Mm-hmm. So let's like, see what almost, happens to almost, the characters. Almost you know? literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or turn off the heat. <laughs> <with this one. laughs> and then set the building on fire. Right. Can you provide a better or at least a comparable recommendation? Yes. I have two. Okay, you go first. And we've discussed one of them, and that would be Alien, the first Alien, mm-hmm. 79. The film was pretty much cut from the same cloth, where an alien has inhabited a small crew while stranded out in space. But the film, it feels a little more polished, I guess, in some ways. Than Alien? Ridley, Ridley Scott's feels a little more polished. Oh, with sure. Its, with its characters. Sure, sure. My other recommendation, it's technically the prequel. It's called The Thing as well. A lot of people were mistaken thinking it was a remake of the original. It was not. It's basically what happens at the Norwegian camp. Oh, cool. At one point, Where's the, when I come over, I'll let you borrow that. Okay. I'll bring it over. So it's just called The Thing. It's called The Thing. It came out in 2011. But it happens concurrently. Yeah, it's a prequel to the original, and it's not as good only because of some of the CGI stuff. Sure. It still has the same paranoia, but it's just what happens on the Norwegian camp. And then it and goes it, to... And it, it literally, the ending credit sequence is lead is the, the helicopter guy. chasing the dog. That's and, badass. And, and it even kind of plays the same boom, 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 boom kind of That's music. That's cool. To, yeah. So it really leads right into it. Yours is yours is way better than mine. Those were my two. I chose Alien 3 um, because Alien 3 is basically the same kind of thing as Alien. That's true. I didn't think about that. It's just a larger amount of because there's more people yeah. yeah but i mean it's it's and they all don't have hair um i think they shave their pubes in alien 3 <laughs> i mean it stands well re- i mean it lice don't re- care <laughs> lice don't care right <laughs> I, I actually God, I, I hope so <laughs> otherwise if it's not just, they got, if that or it's crabs <laughs> it's one of the two well there's actually a, there's a super cut of alien 3 where it's a, the entire third act is him scratching their crotch <laughs> that was david fincher's that's why yeah. vision <laughs> Uh, the itch is back. <laughs> oh, that's right. Because wasn't the bitch? The is bitch back. is back. Yeah. Um, no, I had to make those connections. Thank you. It's okay. And I, I kind of actually wondered if because there's the dog in Alien Three. Mm-hmm. It's kind of why I chose it too. Because it was a different type of because it gestated and came out of a dog. It was a different. It yeah. It kind of xenomorph. And that's alien. yeah. Right. That's why I I, I chose it because okay. it sort of assimilates part of what it's in, which is kind of what the thing does. But I also I went I went a little smaller scale and I, I know you're not a huge Trekker, um, but nah. there's the original series of Star Trek and the Next Generation is basically the same episode. It's called um, Trouble with Tribbles. That's a terrible episode. Um, the uh, original run of Star Trek, the episode was called The Naked Time, and the uh, Next Generation version of it was called The Naked Now. Um, the crew is infected with some sort of virus, and it makes them kind of drunk and they they act out like they they're, hard, they're it's it's hard for them to hide their base emotions and fears okay. and, and it's like it kind of brings out the inner inner thing whereas the thing doesn't make you like want to bang everybody on the ship but it it, it gets in you and makes you act differently and they're actually they're both um keep talking you're having the worst time opening beers today man just I'm so focused on it and then not focused at the same time <laughs> um, that I don't pay attention and then suddenly I'm not 
flipping it correctly. They're, they're, they're just both really I'm cool. totally not drunk. They're both... They're both really cool episodes for the series because they don't involve like an outside. They're not fighting the Klingons. They're not fighting the Jedi or it's whatever. It's all taking place on the space. Correct, and it's a trust thing. Yeah, okay. it's a, no, that's very much a. Yeah. So if you if you know. So your film recommendation is a TV episode. Well, Shut up. They're two forty-five minute <laughs> TV episodes. So, so you put them back to back. It's, it's a ninety-minute. Okay. But no, my film my film was Alien Three. Because I just I love Alien Three, and you wouldn't let me review Alien Three for this series uh, this season, so I had to get it in there somewhere. So I don't think we addressed that. <laughs> Alien Three got in there, asshole. Don't do it, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and, but you didn't even ask me, but I think it I still holds care. up too. Does um, it? Yeah. And, Are you sure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you do any trivia on this? I do. I do have plenty of trivia. I was just holding off until we get to the end. So before the end, you said you had the time. You just looked at the time check. It was one hour and forty nine minutes. Closest, so close to two hours. Closest without going over. Yeah. You're gonna be in the showcase showdown, Mister. I'm awesome. It's you and Childs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's some, inter- some interesting things. Carpenter said audiences rejected the thing for its nihilistic, depressing viewpoint at a time when the United States was in the midst of a recession. A little too far, but I understand where he's coming from. Sure. But he was definitely not on the uh, Reagan bandwagon because all you <laughs> no. had to do was watch uh, They Live. <laughs> um, others blamed an uh, oversaturation of science fiction and fantasy films released that year, which saw the release of Blade Runner. Like I mentioned before, released on the same weekend. Conan the Barbarian, Poltergeist, The Road Warrior, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, oh, Tron, oh. as well as E.T. Oh, yeah. All of those movies were released the same year. Good God, Now, man. I don't know if they were all released during the summer. I, I mean, you got to think at least 20% of them were. Yeah. 25. Well, yeah. The impact of Carpenter was immediate because it was not perceived as doing well. Uh, he lost his job directing the 84 science fiction horror film Firestarter because of the thing's poor performance. His previous success had gained him a multiple film contract at Universal, but the studio opted to buy him out instead. Like, hey, guess what? What? We don't really have any faith in you at this moment. This movie just shit the bed, and here's your money from your contract. You have been released. That what, really killed his uh What did he do between gusto. 82 and 86? Oh, well, he did. Christine, we talked about that. Oh, yeah, the, the next year. Yeah. And then he did Star uh, Starman with uh, the dude. The dude. I've never. Uh, That's an interesting. I movie. saw the show. So not. A I saw normal the... Carpenter film. It is. I think it's PG. It's a love story. And it's not bad. It's just. It's weird. Do you remember the TV show? No, I remember it. I never watched. It. I, that's what I. I'm not, I've never seen the movie. I've I've seen the TV show, the short-lived TV show with the guy from Airplane. Uh, this film is, is considered a benchmark in the field of special make- special makeup effects. These effects were created by Rob Botin. Isn't that a Canadian breakfast dish, french fries with uh, beef gravy on top? Yes. Okay. Well, they did film it in Canada. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's all coming together. <laughs> all right. Just so you know, we're not idiots. That's poutine. We know what it is. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, <coughs> Wilford Brimley was the only cast member not initially grossed out by the autopsy scene uh, where they used real animal organs. Brimley had been a real-life cowboy and hunter, so gutting animals and removing organs was a normal experience for him. And if you cover it with enough oatmeal, you can't see it anyway. You can choke anything down. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think maybe Carpenter? Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually he was good. not an oatmeal spokesperson at that time. He was 40 in that movie 
He looks like he's 60. Good God. So yeah, it, he so was the youngest. You remember? Um, Cocoon? Yeah, he was the youngest. That was 88, correct? Uh, 88, 86, 85. It was mid, I think it was mid-80s. But he was Yeah, it was 86, 87. He was considerably younger than so everyone else So he was 50 something. Yeah. Wow. And, and everybody else was like, I think, 70s or late 60s. Yeah. Yeah, crazy, right? I assumed he was like 80. Yeah. We um, won't get sick and we won't ever die. <laughs> Uh, when the dog, oh, what was it? Oh, when the dog wanders down the hallway, it was uh, the crew member that Keeping you it. see on the shadow so you don't know who it was. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the dog thing was created actually by Stan Winston, who declined screen credit as he didn't want to take away from uh, Rob Botin's work. Huh. Winston received a special thank you. Um, what a stand-up thing to do. In the closing credits. That's a stand-up thing to do. Yeah, that's a stand-up thing to do. Those special effects dudes, a lot of the time, man, like they are like... They are just... That's a community. It's the craft. Yeah. It's, it's, that's a community. I mean, they get their, they get their, their due, their, their, their notoriety and stuff, but they're like, they're not ego dudes. They're, they're craft dudes, yeah. like you said. Uh, here's the real shocker. No Academy Award nominations for best makeup or visual effects for this film. Most saw the film as a gross out contest rather than genuine, uh, rather than the genius of Rob Bottin. And considering the next movie that we'll talk about, which was, which won an Academy Award for Best Makeup, it got the first four years later. It got the first really credit super, in, yeah. the, in the end titles. Yeah, what the hell? Um, well, I mean, if and, you're going to compare the two, which we are, it's hard. Anyway. Yeah, they're both good. Yeah, but it's surprising that four years previous, they're like, eh. yeah. Now the fly. Oh yeah, we'll do it. No problem. Okay. Uh, last bit. Alternative casting options. Oh, you have the you have the other. Yes. Okay. Oh, I love this. This is my, uh, this these, is my favorite part. <clears throat> these two, I try to find when I can because I know you enjoy it. Uh, these two actually turned down the role. Nick Nolte. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> I'm too cold for this shit. Yeah. And Jeff Bridges. Too young, uh, I think. Jeff Bridges, <laughs> little not in '82. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then he had he had a moderate success that year with Tron. We have uh, three other actors that were considered, but were never offered the role. 82. Can I? Yeah. Mm. Go ahead and guess. Harrison and Ford. Get, yes. One that wouldn't work, but I could see why they would do it because he's a big star. Robin Williams. In 82, I don't think he was that big yet in the movies. He actually could have been okay. No, I think he would Latter day Robin Williams. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry. Yeah, latter day Robin. That's a good, that would be a good pull for replacing the lead. Yeah. Like. Like uh, serious, like Robin mid Williams. mid to late nineties, like serious. Yeah, sorry. So okay, Harrison, Harrison Ford was Ford was, uh, was considered but was not offered. Clint Eastwood, ew. Yeah, he's he was just a big name. It would just be like putting down Burt Reynolds, which he may have been considered too. I could see Burt Reynolds more than Clint Eastwood in that role, at least. You know, no, not really. No, yeah, they're both just that's just different. Sure, uh, Kevin Klein. He could have looked it. He was suggested by Universal for Mac, but uh, they feared that he didn't have enough star power. And at that time, no, not he, in '82. He, he didn't in '82. He could. It would have been a different take on it. It could yeah. have been. It could have been good. It could have been. Yeah. I don't hate any of them. No. I don't. I don't like. All right. Uh, yeah. So for the role of uh, Commander Dipshit, <laughs> they considered Lee Van Cleef. I'm cool with that. Um, Obviously, because he was as in- well as Isaac Hayes. Believe it or not, Isaac and, Hayes. And they been. picked; they had those two as possible options for Childs, uh, for not Childs, but uh, Gary, which was Commander Dipshit, Dipshit, <laughs> because they both worked with Carpenter in Escape from New York. 
I've both uh, both solid. Yeah. They wouldn't have been a bad choice. <clears throat> not at all. It would have been kind of interesting to have at least like another another man of color in there, not just Nalls and Childs. But it also, I think, adds a bit of tension to it, being the yeah. only black dude in, in the whitest part of the world with all well, they already had, they had two. They had three. It's not as... I think it would remove some of that tension. There's two because it was... Oh, uh, yeah, T.K. Carter. Yeah. I always, I forget he's in it because he spends a lot of the time by himself down in the kitchen. Yeah, cooking. Listening cooking. to Stevie Wonder. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. Too. I don't hate him. <laughs> he looked like he was no. having a good ass time to me. <laughs> um. So, well, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts. Uh, it's really the perfect formula where you, where your characters are stranded in the middle of nowhere with absolutely no help. They're forced to have to work out their problems with escalating pressure, it, or kill each other with a flamethrower in the process. <laughs> I love that kind of created tension where you put them all into a pot shut the lid turn up the heat and walk away and see go let's see what happens i think you can really come up some with some really good characters and good stories that way um i feel the film is is honestly the crown jewel of of carpenter's career i think it's his best film really yeah wow uh i didn't think that for a long time I thought wow. it was Halloween, but the more I've it the is more, Halloween, the more I've watched it, the more I feel that the the thing is a, is a better film. That's a bold statement. Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't hate you for it. I think it's his masterpiece. I think it it's the one Carpenter film I probably gravitate towards every year, usually around Halloween hmm. or right before we choose to do it for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Because I watched it right around Halloween, and then I popped it in three months later, two and a half months later. Did not had did no bad problem. Yeah. Not not at all. I don't. Just, yeah, I was gonna say it's. I'm like just like with Big Trouble in Little China, the thing was definitely a film ahead of its time. The film stands alone on its own merits of creating a perfectly paced paranoia, asphyxiated, atmospheric science fiction horror thriller. That's a specific genre right there. But it, it you, you kind of almost choke on that tension. No, you no? no, you absolutely do, and it's it's a masterful. Man, I need to watch it again with that in mind. I I just I think, I think Halloween is his crown jewel. I think it's second in place. See, I, I have this in his top five, easily his top five. If you had asked me this fifteen years ago, I probably would not have said the thing was even remotely close to being in his top five because. 15 years ago, I'm not sure if I had seen it enough to go. Sure. Yeah. It was definitely Halloween. Halloween, it, that was always there. But uh, within the last 10 to 15 years, it was like, I really like this thing more. I really like the thing. Well, I it doesn't really... get played as much. It doesn't get talked about yeah. as much. So I can see, kind of like you said, with uh, it got overplayed. Mm-hmm. I think maybe Halloween. Halloween gets a lot more, obviously, all the sequels and everything. Um so I, I guess I can see that it didn't become it wasn't polluted by any outside opinions or anything. So I want to watch it again now, thinking thinking that. But it's definitely part of a not a trilogy, but a trilogy of um, of movies from the late seventies, early eighties. Body Snatcher seventy eight, Alien. I think the thing this. was a recommendation off of watching Body Snatchers. I think I said the thing because there was that paranoia. Yeah, it's the, it's the kind of very very yeah. similar. Who who are people really who you think they are? 
Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a great retelling of that same, what, what's the original story called? A stranger? Uh, who goes there? Who goes there? Yeah. Well, I mean, there you have it. The thing. We're going to, uh, we're going to play you this and we'll be back. Sorry, I have three other interviews to do before this party's over. Yeah, but they're not working on something that'll change the world as we know it. They say they are. Yeah, but they're lying. There is a limit, even to the imagination. Human teleportation, molecular decimation, breakdown, and reformation is inherently purging. Where our greatest creations meet our deepest fears. Something went wrong, Seth. When you went through, something went wrong. You are about to go beyond that limit. weird hairs that were growing out of your back, I, I had them analyzed. But they were definitely not human. If you saw how scared and angry and desperate he is... I'm sure Typhoid Mary was a very nice person, too, when you saw her socially. No! You're afraid to be destroyed and recreated, aren't you? You're changing, Seth. Everything about you is changing. Oh, no. What's happening to me? Am I dying? I want to know what's going on. What does the disease want? wants to turn me into something else. Oh, no. A fly got into the transmitter pod with me that first time when I was alone. Don't go back to it. It could be contagious. Uh, I'm afraid! Don't be afraid! No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. That is how you do a trailer. Without saying the fly in it yes. either. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I might be a little biased. Just a heads up. Well, it is four years after the thing. Interesting side note that I shared with Lisa today on my way over here is that the fly, short story, written, I think, in Playboy magazine, published yeah. in Playboy magazine. Turned into a 19- film in the 50s. Yeah. Sci-fi film in the 50s. I didn't even make that connection. Remade again in the 80s. Huh. I, yeah. That's in my sidebar notes here is two 80s remakes of 1950s B-grade love. Of. Of short re- stories. Of short stories or a novella. Huh. Yeah. Like well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you next week. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the last time I saw this. It's probably been a good... I don't know if I saw this. Maybe twenty years ago, close to it for me. Um, to two thousand, yeah. maybe oh one for me. I can't remember if I'd moved out here to Tennessee yet, and I was indifferent to it the first time I saw it. I don't know if I was ready for it. it you definitely have to be ready. You definitely have to be prepared for a Cronenberg film. You do, especially eighties Cronenberg, because um, he likes to he likes the body horror stuff. Disease. He yeah. likes disease. Yeah. But man, my rewatch, I, I chose, I was walking around McKay's and I'm like, we already pretty much firmed our, our confirmed our, our, our list. And I saw the fly and I'm like, ah, I'm just going to get it. I'm going to buy it on Blu-ray. I'm going to do it. And when I popped that sucker in and watched it, oh, I was pleasantly surprised personally. I really enjoyed it. So you said this to me on the phone the other week and I, I went the other way. I was I, I mean, I, this is still an amazing 
but oh, not good god i love this movie i remember being more blown away by it in 2000 or 2001 when i first saw it now, now it's just like i mean I, I appreciate it in a different way okay which we'll probably unpack as we talk but right. it's it play it plays a lot faster than i remember oh it is a tight 95 minutes i remembered it being it more is, drawn out it is it is very well structured three acts yeah, yeah, it is boom, boom, boom. Cronenberg is not pissing around with this. No, one. and I think it, I think it, I think that really works. Oh God, yeah, yeah. If this, it's like whoa, whoa, delay, whoa, 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 Brundle, slow down, baby. Like, let's. The thing took a little too long. You're come you're, on, man. You are. You ever heard of foreplay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it, yeah. It's, that's I guess it was quick. Yeah, which that's I that's I don't know that I have it written down, but that's one of my now that's one of my not complaints, but that's. You almost wish there was a little I'd like more. To, I'm sure there's a director's cut somewhere. I know there's deleted scenes. I want more is what I'm saying. I want more. Yeah. The deleted scenes. Have you read about those? I've, I only know about one. The cat? Yeah. Or the cat monkey? My question. Yeah. The monkey the cat? Ba- the baboon cat? Yeah. So, again, spoilers abound here. If you haven't seen The Fly, give this, a, give this a stop. <laughs> and You've had ample opportunity. but Yeah. We've, you've been warned. Yeah. So. Be afraid. I, be very afraid. <laughs> that was the first thing I... I pointed out I had no idea that came from this movie. No idea. I thought it was from the original. I thought that, that was a recycled line from the original. It was not. No, not, no. Oh, okay. Gina Davis. I don't know that she ad libbed it, but it works. Oh God, it's yeah. It works. Yeah. It's I classic. Never, I never would have known that it was going to become a tagline for a trailer or a movie poster or whatever. You know. Yeah. I that that it blew my mind when I came the, across the, that. I'm like, that's where that came from. I, no, I, I knew I, that, but I, I thought know. I say I'm not just like the thing. I haven't seen the original. I've seen enough. I've, I've seen enough as well. And I watched like you. You and I were talking off mic. I watched easily, minute wise, more special features on this movie than the movie than I did the movie. Because like, like I said, I wanted more. Because I love Cronenberg. He's uh, sometimes uh, we, he can be. He's a messed up Canadian, but he's he's got some. I definitely ideas. I definitely watched the. Uh, commentary track or as much of it as i could before i fell okay. asleep which is where some of the trivia comes from that i looked up is also right. somebody just didn't mind it from the commentary track but the line help me please help me it's that's from that's recycled. that's that's recycled help me. i don't also rem- from beetlejuice <laughs> i don't remember i watched it i watched it one and a half times okay because i started late and so I went in maybe 30 to 45 minutes at the most one night and then just restarted it the next morning. Just recently? Yeah. Okay. Like when I sat down and, and watched it for the podcast. Um, I don't remember. When does he say, help me, please help me? It is. How far into the transfer? It's it towards, toward the end the end? Of the, toward the end of the second act. Okay. Yeah. He's like, he is still, he's still got his... Uh, Mullet, still curly okay. mullet, but it's when she goes back to the apartment after oh, being gone, he's, and he's got he the, have the the canes. The canes, okay, and he's still a lot of Seth. Yes, but uh, people thought this was an allegory for AIDS because of the time it came out. Yeah, and I'm, it's not. He's Cronenberg. has said it's it's just it's, it's not. Di- it just happened to be coincidental. Yeah, it's disease in general. Yes, it's just losing someone you love to something to any that's to any that's destroying them. Yeah, yeah, to any debilitating disease. Um, but it's when he. I mean, you can't not. Just again, based on when it came out in the world we live in, you can't not see AIDS when she walks in and he's just a melted, you know. I'll be honest with you. The first thing that made me go, wow, this is a surprising platform for pro-choice is what I thought it felt more like. 
That was the I, first thing that hit me. That, more. that was surprising to me too. That hit me much more. You know the, that they kind of pound on the abortion yeah. thing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't pound on. They're not trying to make a no, point. But, but it's I'm, and neither are we. It is, but regardless of where you stand on abortion, if you're pro life and you watch this movie, it makes you second guess for a moment, going, <laughs> "What? <if>? Well, uh... <laughs> being, let me up, put in a scenario. I mean, did your you. mom ever smack you with a fly swatter when <laughs> you were a kid? My no. gra- my grandma would hit us with okay. a fly swatter. My, so if you give birth to a fly, Lisa's that, aunt does that to her grandkids. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't hard. Like now, it's funny. Like yeah, the, no, it's like the little ones. Whoosh. Yeah, but if you're they get you, the they get the point, or, or calling your kid a little maggot, you know <laughs> <laughs> that dream sequence when she gives live birth to the maggot. You remember Aliens? It's been a while since you've seen. Yeah. Okay. The way that film doesn't open, but there is a scene before she chooses to go with. The core, uh, the space marines. The space marines. Um, she has a nightmare, but you don't realize it's a nightmare. She has a nightmare of the chest burst. Her cat freaks out, and she's, you know, this kind of slow mo, freaking out. And then it cuts, and it's just another nightmare. And then that's when she decides, if I'm going to fight these demons, I'm I might as well physically go fight these really demons. Really fight them. Um, God damn and, it! And Ellen Ripley scene, is the best character. And that man. scene got me the same way Aliens did. I'm like. I don't remember this originally. And then it kicks out. It's just a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay. Oh, that got me just like, and I just wrote it down. And I'm like, that got me just like aliens. Oh, that's the other funny thing. Uh, just in, just of the time era of when I grew up and going to a video store and seeing the box to rent, I always got the fly and aliens kind of mixed up because it was the same it was it was 20th century fox it had a green hue to it it was either an egg or that teleporter pod that was Uh green looked very similar very very similar so i take i take it back i so i I did see this in like 2000 or 2001 like as quote unquote an adult i remember when i was a kid my mom renting this i'm not sure why my mom's not a big horror fan she likes stephen king because stephen king's not horror he's this movie is Stephen is, King tells stories that are have weird shit happening in them, but she'd rented this. I I, I I don't know if I would even honestly label this as a horror movie. I would I call would. this horror. Really? Yeah, I would. Okay. There's definitely a sci-fi element, but it's downplayed. Um, it's a different type of horror, though. It is. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't like I didn't want to watch it or anything, so I wasn't like quote unquote not allowed to watch it or anything like that, right. but. I remember walking again. Spoilers. I remember walking through the living room right at the end when uh, the um, I can't remember his name. No, it's not a doctor. It's when uh, she uh, Ronnie um, does what all of us want to do and kills Jeff Goldblum <laughs> when she blows his head off with that shotgun. Right. I remember walking through. That's the part that I was. Six. You walked in like at the most twenty seconds before it. It ended. Yeah. And that's what I saw. That's what I, and that's why I didn't watch it. That was, like I said, that was maybe late 86, 87. That's uh, That's what I walked into. And I didn't, I didn't want to go back to it until I was 20. Uh, Okay. I can see why. But that was, that should have also honestly gone on one of our, uh, our pick six, what scarred me as a child moments in movies. Yeah. That would have been a good one. Um, Here's one of the weird things that I was, when I was writing down when I was first watching this and it had just been so long, I'm like, how does one go about legally obtaining a, b- a baboon? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even know he had two initially. 
I didn't even know. I didn't. I didn't realize that at first until a little bit later on. And he's talking to the other baboon, talking about killing his brother, the one that he didn't turn inside out, oh, God. the one that he didn't turn into strawberry jello. Oh, um, you know, look. You think you he would have started with something smaller than going like a fly? I don't know from stocking a worm to, to baboon. Yeah, I mean, what were his plans if he had killed both baboons? Well, was this his litmus test of maybe I should go like down a different path? Go if I kill these two baboons, <laughs> teleportation, we're done. <laughs> I, I'm just going back to the office. Yeah, let's I've start been... with a worm or maybe an insect, like you said. I wrote down here. Was he not familiar with the scientific method to gradually move away from inanimate objects? Like after turning the baboon inside out, he decides to cut the fucking steak in half and try again. <laughs> That's horrible planning, and he deserved to be transformed into the Brundlefly just for that. Judge, jury, and executioner, everybody. Nathan Eddy. <laughs> I was pissed. Your piss poor research. It was, it was I mean. <laughs> you deserve to die very, that, very slowly after being turned into a fly. It's it's hard to watch, man. I mean, it's disturbing, and it, it does exactly what it's supposed to do when yeah. you see the inside-out baboon or... It kind of reminded me of uh, when the gremlin, towards the end in Gremlins. Jumps out he, of the... Yeah. Yeah. It's very Jumps similar. out of the, the uh, pool the or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It was very kind of similar in that in that manner. But, man, I just, it, it pissed me off. And I was just like, yep, he deserves it. He deserves what he got because he didn't do more solid testing with smaller objects before. Hey, I got these two baboons here. Well, who gave them to you? Uh, Susie from the zoo. <laughs> zoo I mean, how they? How do you? Again, how do you get a? How do you I mean, get a baboon? Well, it's Canada, so there's going to be an exorbitant amount. Was he amount in of... Canada? I, where were they? Yeah, Cronenberg's all of his. No, movies... No, I know he's Canadian. Well, no, his he, all of his movies, kind of the way Stephen King's take. Where was place, this taking place? Toronto. Was it? Yeah, I didn't realize all of that. his movies officially, or at least to the best of our knowledge. No, he, it was it was in, on the special features. They okay. they take place in Toronto. I could not Canada or Toronto. That building that that magazine publication exists in the was it Monolith? Dude, how badly do I want a copy of that magazine cover with Goldblum on it? Yeah. Oh, dude, I would that pay would be, that would be pretty cool. I'd pay at least 300 bucks for that. <laughs> or get a screenshot, I don't know. That Wait. was the weirdest looking building that they they were in. Very very I, futuristic 80s look to yeah. it well every yeah very modern 80s um in the marvel or dc universe mm -hmm. he would have been like <laughs> he would have been made a hero you know like his mutation would have would have been like spider-man better no it was uh, well, his mutation would have not been debilitating yeah <laughs> he would have found this power and he would have found a way to harness it and then there would have been an evil fly character just the way every marvel universe character has a doppelganger evil doppelganger kind of character okay uh, then he would have fought it but in this he becomes in this universe he becomes a uh like a <laughs> super agile horn dog pile of gross in the most graphic way possible the only thing they stop doing it they don't show you his dick thank god if kevin bacon had started in this you'd seen his penis you'd have seen his penis i think that's in kevin bacon's contract um so i'd love the script david um only thing I don't, I'm not, I don't know if I lost the pay. I don't see the scene where you see my penis. Can we? Can we? Can we write a scene? Maybe he it has, started to do that in the '90s, didn't he? God, he did. Yes, it was like every time he was in a movie. Like, what? When's his dick gonna make its appearance? It's 
Kevin and his bacon. Kevin's Kevin's Kevin, bacon. Kevin Bacon's hog. Kevin's bacon. <laughs> <laughs> There's your title right there. And it's not going to do the Kevin Bacon. Oh, is it just me or is it weird when the baboon jumps right into Seth's arms completely nude? Uh, yes. That is, yes. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't have words for that. Yeah. Like, I, I can't, I'm not going to go into it on this podcast, but like <laughs> being naked in a room with an animal is weird as fuck to me. Uh-huh. I, like, I don't even like walking through part of our house if one of the dogs is in there if I'm on my way to the shower. It's like, get away from me. You might touch it. And that's technically bestiality. <laughs> that's so weird. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> uh, what did I put down here? I love how she's got to cut like the the crazy fly hairs on his back with like these gigantic shears. <laughs> like, did you take those from your garden? Your metal shop? Yeah. <laughs> well, I gotta go ahead. <laughs> I gotta go cut the hedges later. <laughs> Check out those giant back hairs of yours. Uh, did okay. Was it just me, or, or did you wish that the candy bar he had opened and started eating while walking down the street was a zagnut? God damn it! Yes, I thought that's what was going to happen, and then it didn't. That would and have I been... was pissed, and I'm like, it would only have been perfect. Yeah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I don't think I thought it while watching it, but I remember. And for was... those that aren't sure, go back and watch Beetlejuice, and you'll know. You'll catch hey, you have a little bite. Have something to nosh. Um, yeah, <laughs> there was a clue—not a clue, but I was, it was either on one of the docos I was watching, or it was on the trivia I was reading up. But you can tell it's in Canada because they don't call it a candy bar; they call it a chocolate bar. Do they say that in the movie? Yeah. Okay. Well, this guy no, with his, no, this guy right. with his chocolate bar. Um, and I remember as he was walking, I was like, "It'd be <laughs> funny if it was a Zagnut." Yeah, that would have been perfect. Um, is there something that doesn't work for you? Um, or what doesn't work for you? I mean, while I get there. Oh, I was going to put down here. I didn't see AIDS in this movie until I read a little bit on it. Um, I saw drug addiction. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. I thought that his decline once he went through the teleporter and he was starting to get the initial positive effects of the tele- teleportation because he merged with a fly. <laughs> More felt like drug addiction because once he started eating like the candy and he was starting to kind of break out on yeah. his face, it very much to me read. I didn't even drug addiction. S- I didn't even see that, but yeah, that's yeah. a good. That's I see that now. Uh, Stathis, the ex boyfriend slash Stathis, slash man. editor uh, slash, ca- slash guy that can no longer clap. His character arc has is like a, a wavelength. It goes like this. Yeah. He's either supportive and then he's abusive, abusive, and then suddenly they find out he's got issues, and then now I'm supportive again. It's just he just goes he's up and down too much, and I feel that that's a bit of a fault for being he either go, he's either I'm ex boyfriend and I'm jealous and I'm abusive, or now I'm protector at the end. Yeah, because when watching the trailer before I had watched the movie and it had been so long, I'm like, oh, this guy's a douche and he's gonna get it by the fly. I feel kind of sorry for. Well, I think the yeah, 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 I totally feel for, sorry for, for Stathis because he didn't do anything what happened wrong. He no. didn't. Oh, that's right. He got his his leg. ankle. Yeah, his ankle melted. Yeah, off. it was like, yeah, that's really gross. What else we can do? Let's do the ankle. <laughs> what was it that you said when you texted me? Cooking with Brundlefly. No, <laughs> was the other thing. I'm like, 
Boy, am I hungry, did no one say ever after watching a Cronenberg film. That's very true. <laughs> I forget. It's probably in my trivia notes. Uh, it's like milk and honey they used for the that whatever that white barf that he has to barf out onto food so he can melt it to digest it. Um, there's not a lot that doesn't work for me. No. Um, you've, you've, you've pounded the nail quite a bit, but I think... Maybe, just maybe, this is why you don't do very, very sensitive physics experiments in a converted warehouse apartment. Yeah. The bad shit can <laughs> can maybe happen. Um, and maybe maybe you don't connect your teleportation pods up to an Atari 2600. Maybe. <laughs> that might. Maybe have that shit in a government warehouse somewhere. Maybe have a cleaning crew come in every once in a while. And I wrote that, that I hate to say it, but Gina Davis doesn't work. But I, the more I think about it, she's... Great in this. No, she's really good. This and is one of her. Look, I find it hard for anybody three... to have a lot of chemistry with Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Apparently, they were dating at the time. Of That's this how she movie. got the part. He recommended okay? her for the part. There's chemistry between those two. As weird they're... as that relationship is, yeah. but there's a chemistry, and you see it and you feel it. Unlike you know her with Matthew Modine in the Butthole Pirate movie. <laughs> they there's there's they had met. A few years that they, to, they they work, yeah. They did at the time. Yeah. I don't know if they do now. Well, they had met a few years not. earlier on the set of uh, Earth Girls Are Easy. Mm oh, okay. I it's, don't think I've ever seen that. That's Goldblum, Jim Carrey, and uh, Damon Wayans. That's right. As the red, yellow, and blue aliens, and they they met on that, and then he got this. They didn't want him initially to do this because his face is so like shaped. <laughs> I don't know what term I'm looking for. It's, he has a very specific face. Yeah. And they were like, good God, anyone else we can fit these prosthetics to for the makeup. But anyway, uh, they were looking for a female lead and I might have it. Who mm -hmm. else they recommend, uh, who else they were, were looking at, but um, he recommended her for it. And she, I mean, she had to read for it. She didn't get it just because she was banging Jeff Goldblum, but um, they saw her and they thought, oh, well, she's perfect. And she's, there's a couple, there's a couple of parts where it's like, eh, it's a little, eh, but I, I, I don't, I don't agree with what I said there. I think she's she's amazing in this movie. I think she, I think they're both really good. I can't. I honestly, I mean, we're not going to hit the the recast the role yet. No, we'll get. But there. I've got five pages I of notes on this. I can't. Uh, I really can't see anybody else other than Goldblum in this role. And I, same. Um, he he's quirky. With his quirky awkwardness, low doses of humor, they they keep things, they keep things from getting too serious, like until that final like ramp up at the end. Sure, there's that low level, just undertone of sarcastic humor that's there. I have that here. He's kind of he's kind of clunky and and goofy at yeah. the beginning. Yeah, and it and, almost he almost is like, and this it's is... still there when he's talking about, you know, when this. Everything's coming off, and it's just like his humor takes the horror, the seriousness of that horror. Shaves that edge off of it. It shaves the edge off to make you want to keep watching. Yeah, I think that he's he's not as it, it's a lot like the way someone is good as either Bruce Wayne or Batman. Right. Um, he's not as good as Seth Brundle. He's good, but he's he's better as. Brundlefly, right? As he starts after he transforms, yes. And like honestly, and the, and the head twitches. Thing, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like, do you like? I wondered, like, did he have to? Obviously, he had to make himself do that. 
Was it something that he made himself do so much that he was doing it at home? Like, you know. I can't stop. I can't yeah. stop. I can't stop. Because he seems to me like he... he not you're just twitching, but it's the... Up and down and looking yeah, all around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He seems to me like a dude that doesn't leave his work on the field when he's done after the game. Like... He seems. I'm not saying he he's takes some home. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying he's mentally ill or anything. No, 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 no. I wouldn't be surprised if he had a touch of OCD or, or something, something like that. Apparently, he's a musician too. He's got oh, dude, he jazz play, album out. He, I didn't know. He, I would that, love to hear that. That's him playing the piano. That is him playing that's that what piano. I thought when yeah. I once I realized he had a jazz uh, album. I he said, does. I bet like, you that's him playing. He does. I think he's like a standing gig somewhere in L.A. Right. Uh, gonna get to go see that at some point. That'd be cool. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear his album just. Just to see. Just to, it's just instrumental, Not to right? see, just to hear. <laughs> I don't want to see it. I just want to hear it. Look. Do you hear something? <laughs> um, but he really he really shines the more he becomes the fly. Well, until I read... The only bits that I read were about the deleted scene that you can tell me... Or you can tell the, the listeners what happened. I'm like, I wonder what happened to the other baboon. <laughs> because I didn't... Number one, I didn't realize he had two. And then, boom, he's got a second one. Then you realize he's talking to it and talking about, I'm sorry, I did what you did... Did what I did to your brother, and then you don't ever hear anything else in the in so the or final cut. What Nathan's talking about is it's a bit of um, there were two baboons that he did the testing on, and he this was after he'd become the fly. It's a bit of my trivia, so I'll just I'll do this one right now. He found a cat, and tried did he to, hook up the other his third the prototype yeah i can't remember because i think he was talking about gene splicing that was what he yeah. realized he was trying to do and he he merged the cat with the baboon and it was this hideous creature and he he's full-on like fly guy now he's got like the red flesh and everything and he beats the cat baboon thing to death oh okay and they took it out because that's a little too much well you didn't feel sorry for him after that because well. Other than he's, other than you, Nathan, most people are supposed to feel sorry for Seth because he's having this rapid decline. You want to punish him for his yeah, shitty. There's no more shitty, sympathy for the character because he just beat this. He something that's in, he, in worse shape than him. He beat it to death with a lead pipe. So they took it out. Um, and then there's another. I totally scene. Totally understand why they did that. Yeah, it would have made me completely look Hate at him. that. Yeah, there's another scene where he attacks a homeless lady too, and like barfs the. Food barf all Amino over. Amino acid. Yeah, so he can and stuff, they, whatever. They, so can, yeah. they took that out too because the same thing. He's not. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. But which has to. Yeah. Um, just to more pound on his horrible <laughs> use of the scientific method. <laughs> I love how after slamming shots of what appears to be a nice two dollar bottle of drugstore champagne, <laughs> he decides that the best time to go for a spin in the monkey scrambler is now. <laughs> Also, why does he have to be naked? Well, because the inanimate object he's going to merge. He knew he was going to merge with it. Oh. He thought he was by himself. He has to do it without There can only else. be one thing in there. Correct. So I read some more science on this, and it's like, what about the billions and billions of bacteria that are in your gut? What about the billions and billions of germs and bacteria and things that are on your, your skin just as you exist i mean you're yeah. immune to it it's not hurting you but it's there you yeah you've got with tons it. of bacteria yeah and... so would you just i mean that's literally overthinking the yes. science of this movie but would you blend with that you know yes on your way through and you just be be the same on, mm, on the other side maybe not again i think this is where kevin bacon would have you would have seen his dick would kevin bacon have merged with his dick and he would have been like a dick fly 
or not a dick fly, but a dick, a, a dick fly, fly. a big like a fly. He would have, but he would have gone the other way. Instead of being a man turning into a fly, it would have been a fly turning into a man, and it would have started with his dick. It would have just been a small bloat fly or a house fly going around his apartment with this, this long penis hanging out the bottom of it. Because don't you see it invisible in Hollow Man? You yeah, see like a hollow, you do. You see a hollow. That's part of the reason penis. I was just reading the other That's day. Right. And hollow Man. <laughs> hollow Man was in the article, and it was like, God, you see his. I mean, you you have to. Like, I don't. Isn't he like the? He's the bad guy in that movie. Yeah, he's a bad guy in that movie because that's he, a great movie. He gets messed up. Yeah, kind of. It's, it's similar to this. Is that Verhoeven? Is it? I think it might be. It, anyway, yeah. Um, because yeah, I think he was in Wild Things. He wasn't he like a police detective or he something? He was in Wild Things. That's when you see. I think that's the first time. Is you, it? I think that's the first appearance of the debut of of Kevin Bacon's penis. Kevin Bacon's hog leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I don't know how much of this is going to go on the tangents, man. That's. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about Kevin Bacon's penis anymore. <laughs> I think we've reached We're, the extent of his penis. The warmest place to hide. <laughs> Kevin Bacon's penis is inside a man. <laughs> it's inside man. What? Just the tip. What? Nothing. <laughs> Just the tip. <laughs> Just the tip with Kevin Bacon. Hi, <laughs> I'm Kevin Bacon. You might remember my penis from such movies as Hollow Man or Wild Things. And some other stuff. <laughs> Anything I've released since 1998. <laughs> For over 20 Ooh. years, you've seen my penis in films such... Okay, it's Christ. Like a greatest, okay. It's like a greatest hits album. <laughs> Number ones, but it's like yeah. a penis with a one apostrophe and an S. Yeah, good the God. Timestamp, but when it shows up, we have derailed. Where were we here? Um, do you have a favorite line or scene? <laughs> I, I just, I wanted to see you before. You have to leave now. And never come back here. Have you ever heard of insect politics? Neither have I. Insects don't have politics. They're very brutal. No compassion, no compromise. We can't trust the insect. I'd like to become the first insect politician. You see, I'd like to, uh, but oh, I'm afraid. Um... I don't know what you're trying to say. I'm saying. I'm an insect who dreamt he was a man and loved it. But now the dream is over and the insect is awake. No, sir. I'm saying.
that's one of my three favorites too. Yeah, that's the reason that that's the reason why I wanted to buy the soundtrack. That piece of music is just beautiful. You, oh, as it it's goes, so heart wrenching. It is because as it goes, it's got that uplifting, yeah, a little bit to it when he's talking about the the dream and the now the flies awake. Yeah, and then it just and then he's like, but he he's there's still enough of him and enough wherewithal in there. He was like. But I'll hurt you if you stay. And then yeah. that, that stab comes in. And you're like, oh, it's yeah. so tragic. Yeah, it's it's the last. That was the that that was the last bit of Seth's humanity before pretty much the yeah. fly took over. And it's so heartbreaking. That's my favorite scene. My favorite line is still kind of amusing. My favorite line was, "My teeth have begun to fall out. The medicine cabinet is now the Brundle Museum of Natural History. You want to see what else is in it?" <laughs> Because Goldblum delivers that so perfectly. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that's messed up. <laughs> and there's always, what is it with fingernails and Because well, well, that's, a, that's a primal pain yeah. right there. We've all been our fingernail yeah. back, and it's just, that's a universal oh, thing. Yeah. Black, but, white, Asian, doesn't matter where or, you're from. Well, yeah. That. Oh, fingernails. I hurt like some bitches. That, that is a universal ouchie. But um, yeah, that that piece of music along along with just pretty much everything, but that there is the reason why I'm like I got to find the soundtrack. And then it, the only thing I could find it was was on LP. I couldn't find a CD or a digital download of it anywhere. And I'm like, well, I guess I know what I'm buying. No, that that LP was <laughs> that was a good get cuz I you told yeah. me they were like a limited edition, they were only 20 bucks, so I snatched one up real quick too yeah. on the and green. Yeah. And it's great. I've heard it. I've listened to it about 3 times. Nice. That's the mark of a good record when yeah. you turn it right back over. Mm-hmm. Um I have two other ones in addition to that. Mm-hmm. Um I really like that scene gymnastics <laughs> all around his apartment. It's right That's before awesome, the, it's though. when That's they're so it's cool. when they're sleeping. Okay. And out of a dead sleep he, he snatches just pops up. he snatches oh, that fly out yeah. of there. Yeah. There's a little cello stab in there. Just, you know, Oh, I didn't know that. Because you're like, I knew he grabbed a fly. I didn't. It's just a little musical just, cue, just really small. Just a touch. Huh? Just a bit like, puts a finality to it. And you're like, if you didn't know what the hell was going on in the yeah. movie, you're like, what's happening with Seth? Well, I'll tell here? you one thing. I mean, even with the, even though you know, I mean, you can't not go into this knowing what's going to happen to him. You can't not know. But. Mm. To what degree and how well, they're, how, yeah. how much of it you're going to see. But there's still that initial reveal when he's trying to figure out what else is in the, what else was in the teleporter, or, yeah. you know, and it just. House fly. You know, go back and it zooms back and then yeah. it zooms back and then it zooms back and then you see like a leg and then. It's the a head base, yeah. and then everything. And it's just that reveal is just like. That's that that building that tension is it takes some talent even, because even everybody knowing what's knows gonna, yeah except him and yeah. then you feel it for him yeah and you're like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> well, step one is locating the problem step two is washing it out hmm. that's not gonna work <laughs> the uh, other I, I wasn't even gonna attempt to quote this and I'm not gonna play a clip of it but it was. Um, Right after he loses his shit on her and calls her a fucking drag, like a drug addict who's yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's how, and he that goes into that whole first thing that that, I... that whole bit about the plasma pool beyond penetration and like that was largely scripted like that wasn't him. Wow. Um, a lot of this was largely scripted. 
But I'm sitting there watching because I hadn't seen, like I said, I hadn't seen it in close to 20 years. And I'm like, go, Jeff, go. How did you not win any award for this? He wasn't even nominated in, or at least Academy Awards and and Golden Globes. He wasn't even nominated. Like, that's an, like, for a sci fi horror movie, that is like an intense, real, like. That transformation is. It's like you said, you could have taken all the sci fi horror element out of it and made it about drug addiction. And that would have, he would have won some award for that. Yeah. For that. It's the same damn performance, you know? Mm -hmm. He's. Once. Try this. Do this with me. The, Come on. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. You got to try it. Do this with me so it's, it's, I can justify it more doing it myself. Yeah. Could you find a worse line in this movie? No. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't either. And I'll be honest with you. I didn't even go back. I'm like, there wasn't really anything that stood out. We, we, and I wasn't going to research it when just we, to go, I need to find crap. When we talked about doing it for during Batman Returns, we said if it, if it plays. If it pops. Yeah. There's, if it does There's always a best out, line, but there's not always a worst line. Right. What uh, if you had a magic wand? What would what would your one change uh, be? What did I write down here? I'm like Seth is almost too analytical with experimenting on his two baboon pets. He has what appears to be zero compassion when he de when he decides to test the teleportation on one. I would probably remove the animal cruelty uh, experimentations from the film, but by doing that, it completely changes the film tonally and just the entire structure of the picture it would just be a different film and i'm not sure if i would really like it if you it have to have a little bit of that that weight that weight there yeah thankfully like you said them deleting the scene of the merging of a cat and baboon and then him beating it to death with a pipe yeah that would have yeah you got to have some of that but still it makes me go what type of piece of crap are you <laughs> You deserve what you get, and and by seeing that, it, it only would have made me more. So would, see, I would have lost the compassion for him, like the, you said. The only thing that I would change, uh, it's, it's again, it's one of those where it's like I had to struggle to find something, and it's not big. Sometimes the music is a little melodramatic mm -hmm. for the movie. Like there's, I can see that. There's but, just times where the music is like. But I'll tell you, to me, the music lifts the picture up more and makes it more grand in scale you're right than what it is because this is 86 mm -hmm. synth is really starting to take not take over but filling in a lot of orchestral yeah or orchestral pieces of music in in a movie i mean and some of the synth stuff i love and that's this what i very well could have been but this one just makes it feel so much more grand and it really Purposefully, but successfully pulls at the heartstrings, like in that that one scene where you're just like, oh, yeah, it it does its job, and I think it does its job well. And I was surprised he that Howard Shore didn't get nominated. Oh, Howard Shore did this, yeah. I mean, he was a busy guy. Yeah. Um. So you you I think you said it earlier, uh, or maybe, maybe no, off, it was maybe, off mic. Maybe off mic. Mel, Mel Brooks, Brooks. Yeah his his company Brooks Films produced this, and he he wanted his name not. On it, not like because the Elephant Man. Correct. He yeah. he wasn't ashamed of it by any means, but he wanted it to be known as what he wanted it to be taken for its own weight. Not oh, Mel Brooks produced it. Is it a silly movie? Is it a funny fart movie with Jews? He didn't want that that in there, and that I completely understand that because that was the same way with the Elephant Man. He wanted the story. Yeah, he didn't want his name out there, but he had the weight to be able to help bring it yeah. to the picture, uh, bring it to the screen. I just didn't realize whenever watching any other Mel Brooks films, I don't recall anything stating Brooks films 
presents. Because um, there's more than just one Brooks in all of Hollywood. Are you sure? Yeah. He eventually he got found out before the movie came out. Not found out, but people figured, oh, hey, Mel Brooks is doing this. So he used his name a little bit more. And actually, he handed out stuff at the premiere, like out on the, not the red carpet, but he handed out like uh, party favors, kind of like the shit, that, the hair barrettes that have like a little antennae on them. He handed those out at the premiere. How funny. We mentioned it earlier. This won the Oscar for best makeup. Uh, it was actually the first credit at the end of the movie was the makeup. Oh, that makes sense. During the oh yeah, either the premiere or a test screening, like it got a standing ovation for makeup. And there's if you guys don't have this on DVD, there's a get the two at least the two disc DVD, and there's some kick ass bonus features about the the stuff that's left over and the miniatures and all the designs they went through. There's some crazy looking shit they were thinking of doing attaching to Jeff Goldblum's face. They talked to Vincent Price about this movie, and he thought this version he thought it went a bit too far. <laughs> This was originally meant for Tim Burton to direct. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't have. That uh, would not have been. It would this not wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have cared. Not as much, no. No, not in my opinion. And it wouldn't have It wouldn't have held up. No, probably not. It wouldn't have been as serious. He would have changed the tone. That love story. Just, the, just it would that, have been. It would have been. A, yeah, it wouldn't have been a bitter love it would story. Have been, it would have been kitschy. And, yep. Do you know who was originally considered for Brundle? Being that Tim Burton was going to be the director? Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Paul Rubens, right? <laughs> Help me, Daddy. Uh, Michael Keaton. Really? Yeah. Uh, the no. transformation-ish, the mid... He's the Batman. Se- the second act. <laughs> I'm Brundlefly. <laughs> he could have been. He could have been okay in the second act. Quick sidebar. For me, he ceases being Seth... Well, he's Seth all the way up to the end, but when his jaw falls off... He's no longer Seth? Because he can't talk. I mean, it's funny, but truly, because that's, that's part of what makes Goldblum. Goldblum is his gift of gab, you know? Yeah. Um, his abnormal weirdness. Syntax? Yeah. I can't remember what that's yeah. called. Um, John Lithgow was up for the role at one point. Uh, yeah, that'd been okay. It would have been all right. I don't think I would have had as much compassion, and I definitely couldn't have seen no. a love interest no. with Gina Davis. Richard Dreyfus? No. No. Ew. I'm a fly. I can't do it. <laughs> Mel Gibson? What? Mel Gibson. No. Uh, James no. Woods? Your favorite. I hate James Woods. It was that, did, uh, yeah, Cronenberg did uh, Videodrome, which had him, which is why. Videodrome is a great movie, but I still haven't seen that. It kind of weirds God, dude, whatever I've seen bits and pieces kind of weirds me out. And it's so good, good. That's the reaction I've, you're supposed to have. It's a weird movie. Um, and Willem Dafoe, uh, could have been kind of weird, but I I, w- I can't say no to that. I'd, I I would probably say, lean more yes to than no to that. I can say maybe to that. Yeah, I could say maybe to that. Um, I can see that because he's weird. <laughs> Seth Brundle and Ian Malcolm. Jurassic Park. Right. Uh, they both wear the same outfit every day, just like Einstein. It's actually mentioned. In both, oh, that's... Do they movies. both mention it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Both characters mention it. I don't remember that in Jurassic Park. That doesn't mean anything. During... I forget what scene it is, but his right ear falls off while he's talking to Ronnie. Yes. And her reaction is, is legitimate. She didn't know it was going to happen. Uh, and again, I've written on the, the <laughs> that segment when he uh, has her come in after... It's in the second act, but he, he shows her how he eats... Uh, and that's what I called cooking with Brundlefly. 
That's another good possible title. Cooking with Brenda Fly. <laughs> or I'm Brenda Fly. Um, <laughs> if you could recast the lead. Uh, this is who I thought would work. I don't think I would have as much compassion for him as... Uh, but Brad Dorf. I okay. could see him... What else was he in? Well, apparently he was in a Star Trek Brad either Dorf. TV show. That's Voyager. That's Star Trek Voyager. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, he's... He's, mm. he's Billy in... Um, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Young kid who ends up committing suicide. I remember him from Pick yeah. Six. <laughs> you don't remember him from the movie. I just remember him from Pick Six. He's in Fifth Element. No. no, he's not. Anyway, he's been in a lot of stuff. But Brad Dorif. Okay. Yeah, that's who I would. That's who I'd put if we didn't have Jeff Goldblum. He wouldn't be as as much of a sympathetic character character as Goldblum. No, I thought you were going to choose the guy I chose. I chose two. Okay. And I'm Danny second lover. I'm second guessing. My... <laughs> I'm too old for this shit. Um, I'm second guessing my second choice. I went for that era, 1986, okay. and then I went modern. I went 1986, Christopher Walken. I think I was thinking weird speech patterns. I get what you're getting at. It totally wouldn't work. I don't think. I it think would. it totally wouldn't work. No, but it, you wouldn't. Ninety percent of it wouldn't work. Same as you just said, you wouldn't feel. For no, him. no, no, no. Um, I don't know. I think I. I would. I'd be okay watching that. I'd be okay seeing what that was all about. And then uh, just because That's... he can talk really fast and move quickly, I chose... The Micro Machine Man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to try it. Uh, Aziz Ansari. So, that'd be weird. It would be... I don't know. You know, for modern, no, I think that could work. Because he's a small little dude. I went, I, went, I went opposite. I went small little dude. I went ethnic. You went Indian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, from South Carolina. Is he from South Carolina? Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, no, I, I could kind of see that because you because he, he plays cute little comedy dudes. This was a weird thing for Goldblum. He hadn't I mean, he'd done he'd done Body Snatchers about eight years earlier, but like it was a stretch for him. Not stretch, I, but it was not like really Goldblum. That guy's going to do that. OK, yeah. I would I would watch Aziz Ansari in, in a, a serious. OK, I don't even want to see a remake, but I would watch a remake of this with Aziz. I'm not a big fan of Aziz Ansari. I like him in Parks and Rec. Yeah. But so, like, you, you, you know I what could, I'm saying? I would he's, have compassion for him if I saw him as Tom Haverford. Because he's a, he's <laughs> yeah. a lovable little dude, yeah. you know? And I, I think he could pull off some of the mannerisms. That's a good, and, that's a good pull. That's weird, but that's... It's, that, yeah. Yeah. But that kind of works. Also, I was kind of thinking when the original casting for Beetlejuice was Sammy Davis Jr. I was, I think maybe I had that in my head. That's, that's, that's who I chose to... And I, I didn't recast Ronnie. If I did, I would go Emma Stone because I, mm, I love Emma Stone. <laughs> Gina Davis is really good in this. She's amazing in this. It's that's surprising that your notes even said that you even thought that she wasn't that good. And I'm it. curious as to what I forgot how good she was again until we just listened to that clip and just her heart breaking. I don't know what you're trying to say. Yeah, Gina Davis also has a very unique way of speaking, a unique voice. Um, I have a weird thing to talk about. Is it? Does it? <laughs> Does it? <laughs> it involves the fly, not Kevin Bacon. No. Okay. Um, and Kevin Bacon, I would maybe do Kevin Bacon as an. A, an I don't know if you ever listened to the song. Pull up the pot. Pull up. Oh, is this a song that's not on the soundtrack? Yeah. Who does it? Brian Ferry. Oh, he's British. I know the name. Does it sound like it's echo chamber stuff? I don't know the song, so I can't tell. No. You. Find the way to 
I'm not sure how I feel about the song yet. It's not a bad song. It's just odd. The help me in there is funny. No, after listening to it, the help me in the background is stupid. If you didn't know, it's linked to the fly. All right. Let's go ahead and just play what we have, and then you can just play it and fade it down, I guess. Are you recording right now? I'm recording right now. Well, what's funny with the video, I don't know how you're going to piece all this shit together in your editing later. It's going to be hard. There's a couple elements going here. Um, <laughs> hey, so where what are we talking about? We were talking about that weird song on the soundtrack. By that Bar- doesn't exist? By- it's on the movie. Apparently it's played... Um, that sounds like a love theme, like a sex scene. It, believe it or not, it's not. It's played vaguely, like very low, or just you don't notice it as much, in the bar scene. Okay. It's the only time you hear it. There's a couple songs on... And it's in the credits, when you and it rolls. Okay. But it didn't show up on the soundtrack. There's a video released that has, like, clips. From the movie? From the movie. But uh, Roadhouse is like that. There's two Patrick Swayze songs on the soundtrack that are featured in the movie, like in incidental scenes, and they're very low. Right. The producers commissioned Brian Ferry to record this song, and uh, for the film, for promotional purposes. At the time, I didn't realize that Mel Brooks was one of the producers. Right. <laughs> the producers get it. <laughs> <laughs> the resulting track was titled Help Me. A music was made for the song and footage for the film was promoted featuring in it. Cronenberg admitted to liking the song but felt that it was inappropriate to the film itself. Mel Brooks originally wanted the, to play the song over the closing credits, but after Cronenberg screened it for them, they agreed the director <coughs> with the director that it did not mesh with the movie. As a result, the song is featured only briefly in the film in the background during the scene where Brundle challenges Marky in the bar. Help Me became rather obscure as it was not included on the film's soundtrack release. So finding like a little 45, 45 is, I guess, worth a lot of money because it's really? super rare. Huh. This movie holds up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you mean. Like the f***ing rock of Gibraltar this movie is. Yeah. Like this is, other than some fashion and hairstyles, this movie is. And even that, it's not, not extreme. No, it's it's not, not 87, 88. If it had been 87, 88, it would have correct been much more. Poofy and huge, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's. I think what I like with this movie is just the the pacing and and the structure. It's really got a solid three act structure. Yeah, like you like we said before, it's it's just boom, a, boom, boom. Yeah, you have your love story, and then I'll put down here an almost super like origin story <laughs> with drug addiction side effects, <laughs> and then the final act where the film shifts into tragic horror. It just fires on on all cylinders for that. It doesn't. You you want more, but then once you by telling me what ha- what more is, you don't necessarily want more. Yeah. You get what you get, and that keeps you coming back. You have it, yeah. Could you think of a better, or not better? Could you think of a similar or equal film? This was difficult for me. Same. Uh, I, I picked one that I haven't seen in probably fifteen years. Easy. Okay. Uh, Reanimator. Hmm. I can I see why I, I've I seen could... it once. Thematically, it's kind of similar, where they're experimenting on mm-hmm. trying to reanimate dead tissue. 
I know it's much more lighthearted. This one gets super serious at the end, you know. Whereas Reanimator doesn't. It's not. But I, I, I can, I'll give you that. I can see that. Um, I went with Hellraiser. Okay. They're both sort of about <clears throat> sort of a tragic descent into another form. Okay. Like you're you're trying to be more than you are, and in doing so, you end up killing yourself essentially. Have you seen Hellraiser? Yes. I've seen the first one. Uh, that's the only one you should see. Meh, part two's okay. It's been you only I need don't know, to, a year or two. You only okay. So you before know, that I hadn't seen it. Uncle at Frank all. Uncle Frank transforms from the floor up. And mm-hmm. it's special effects y and it's gross. And it's not it's, it's character driven. It's not necessarily about the monsters and, right. the, and the stuff. Yeah. It's it's character driven and this the monster stuff is bonus. It's a means to an end, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's it's whereas Hellraiser is about lust. Right. This is about love, but it's still, there's a, there's a intrapersonal relationship. And mm-hmm. I think after this episode, this chair is going to go. <laughs> um, they both make you want to wash your hands and your eyes after you watch them. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're very visceral movies. Yes. Uh, I would, I would go with Hellraiser. Um, oh, I know. I was going to say the only thing that honestly feels a little dated in this movie is when Seth says, is it live or is it Memorex? Oh yeah, Dude. and the videotaping is a little yeah. The videotaping that yeah. dates it a little, but it date it does date it. But it's just that advertisement. I'm like, really? Is it live or is it memory? One thing I forgot in trivia is all the uh, special effects are handmade. There's no there's no CG stuff. It's all yeah. The computer graphics puppetry. look like animations, which they may be. It works on the fly. Works on many levels because it's made with care and affection. Because you care about the characters, you know it achieves something not very common in a horror film: character development. Uh huh. So before any of the real crazy things start to ha- happen, you get to know and to like these characters. Specifically, you kind of like Seth. He's a, he's quirky, weird, but you, there's something about him. Yeah, yeah. You, you you can't not like Gina Davis. You know, I think that's what really makes this movie work on more than just. A visceral level of oh, it's kind of cool and gross, but it hits you in the heart in other ways. Yeah. So it's like Seth Brundle; he's very three dimensional as a character. You still kind of root for him through almost most of the film because you don't see him beat, beat to death a, a, a cat baboon, <laughs> a mutation. Um, yeah, uh, you know, hoping you're hoping it might get better. You're hoping that things might change, but knowing deep down inside that it's just gonna get worse. But I'm not sure if I would say that this would be the pinnacle of, you know, of a horror movie of its genre. But it's definitely a shining example of the genre. And it really shows what Cronenberg is truly capable of doing, mm-hmm. um, possibly at the height of his filmmaking powers in Hollywood. Um, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I, I wanted to watch it again, but then Lisa got home and I don't think she wanted to watch it. <laughs> She's like, I kind of know what happens and I don't know if I want to watch it. I'm like, okay. The movie kind of changes along with Seth. It does. Each act, you know, again, and like you said, it develops and you meet the characters and so forth. And I'm going to say it's, it starts a bit slow, like, Mm -hmm. because you're meeting these people and that's like, movies don't do that anymore. At least not like we expect them to. Right. And then it gets faster and it gets faster and it gets more interesting because he gets more interesting and more like, whoa, okay, well, okay. So she's back in the thing with Stathos. I want to go back to. Seth's apartment. What's going on with Seth? Yeah. And you get back there and you're like, oh shit. Fingernails are coming off. <laughs> so much more has changed with him. But Cronenberg has gone on record as saying it's that it's 
it's about disease and, and just aging in general and, and losing someone that you care about to that sort of process. Yeah. It's kind of hard to see that now because I mean, it was 86 and AIDS was a thing, but AIDS wasn't, it was still in the, like, what the hell is happening? I think if the film had been made in like 1990, maybe 89. Sure. It would have, sure. They probably would have shifted that, that um, element. I was legitimately grossed out more than once. I was even scared once. And, um, again, I mentioned that line. If you stay, I'll hurt you. Um, it's it's scary that, and heartbreaking at yeah. the same time. And visually, this is classic Cronenberg. It's gross, wet, and Canadian. <laughs> That's the fly, kids. Yeah. Um, what are we doing next week? Are we doing Dirty Harry and Grand Torino? Are we doing Dirty Harry and Grand Torino? I okay. think so. Yeah. We'll get uh, um, chasers. Send those chasers to lisa.sixpack at gmail.com. Yeah. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook. Like us and follow us on Instagram. If we're on Twitter, fine. If we're not, that's all right. Twitter sucks. I'll let you know. If you're on uh, iTunes, if you're listening to us there, most people do. Give us a five star. I don't. I'm not even sure why. I just think it would be fun. Let's just see how. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> give us a five star. I don't care what you say in the thing. Just say, "Hey, we'll give you a shout out if we find it." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Put your name in there, and we'll say your name if we see it. If we don't see it, we're not going to say it. If you give us a bad review, we'll shout out in a different way. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, don't give us bad reviews. If you don't like us, just don't listen. Because just don't be a dick. The world's the world's weird. Don't be a dick. Just don't be a dick. It's really easy to not be a dick. Yeah. All right, gang. We will see you in Frisco next week with uh, Dirty Harry. Have a good one. Cheers. Okay, so we're still working on placement for these, but uh, let's try some chasers. Favorite B or C rated actor? Uh, I would say Scott Glenn. Huh. Okay. Because I don't think he was ever A. Not really, you know. Sure, because I mean the no, biggest, like the really big movies that he w- that he's been in, he he's never been the lead, you know. No, like the no. really like yeah. I yeah, mean yeah. he's in um he's one of the he's like the submarine captain in um Hunt for Red October and you know he's Jack Crawford in Silence of the mm-hmm, Lambs, mm-hmm. you know he's in Silverado. We talked about that you know a while ago, and he's been in a lot of stuff, but he's never been. Huge, never, but I've never the guy. <clears throat> he's and he's kind of turned into this old kind of crotchety, weird dude. He's played this interesting character in the in, in the Daredevil series. Yeah, um, where he trained Matt Murdock when he was a kid, and so he plays this other old kind of blind dude. And he's in the uh, season of Castle Rock. That I was telling you about. Oh yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, and so he's just kind of playing these old, kind of odd, oddball character pieces now that he's probably in his early 70s, would be my guess. But I've always liked Scott Glenn, and so I would say Scott Scott Glenn. I don't have an answer. I've been trying to think since... I started talking, so you're like, how please can be... Yeah, I was like, go, go another two minutes. So like, I'm like, I'm trying to think. It, there's a lot of guys in there that you could that you could pick. Sam Elliott's one. Yeah, because he's never been like he's never the he's, guy. He's never like but number he, one. But when you see Sam, I, I'm gonna go with Sam Elliott because when you see that him, is a in good something, one. that's a good choice. He is a damn good anchorman. You know, not the news guy. He's a good. <laughs> he'd he be a new. He'd be a good news guy. Too. He he somewhere in October. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
I don't have the timber to do his voice, but I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott's a good choice. So that's that's my with guy. or without mustache. It's weird. <laughs> with I don't him. understand the question. Yeah, I know, but he's. <laughs> Uh, hey, he's Steve. now where he doesn't have a mustache. Sam Elliott is not Sam Elliott if he does not have a mustache. Well, then he's changed. He's like Sam's taken all, over. Some all of his power comes from his stash. What is in the briefcase in Pulp Fiction? Ah, uh, gold cougar ant. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, I always I just assumed it was gold. That's a shitty answer, but that's whenever I <clears throat> I just that's why it's reflecting. I know ants. I know what the answer is supposed to be. Uh, supposed to be Marcellus Wallace's soul. That's I was going to say. If you return it back on me, I, that's what I always thought it was. That's why I always read it was Marcellus Wallace's soul. I think that's stupid. I know what it is. I, what? It's the MacGuffin. Exactly. Yeah, it's a <laughs> briefcase full of MacGuffins. <laughs> Instead of they're gold covered, gold covered MacGuffins. There yeah. you go. Uh, no, I just I just always assumed when I was a kid, like because that's so esoteric to have his soul in there i mean i know the older you get it it's like okay it's just it's uh just a plot device but i know what it is when i was a kid light exactly i just thought it was that big brain brad's apartment light reflecting off like stolen gold which is way stupid yo vincent are we happy except we're about 13 dollars short i need another gold sovereign (laughs) six-pack double feature is a clopec media production you can like and follow them on Facebook at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast and on Instagram at Six Pack Double Feature. They aren't on Twitter because Twitter is dumb. You gotta be fucking kidding. <laughs>